Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hogan's just a racist monster truck all the time. Is that how he gets away from scenes? As quick as he can. Better get away, brother! It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? battleground in the history of our sport. Welcome to the battleground of our sport. It's the Colt Holic Classic Nitro Review. It's Tom Campbell. It's a sound driver eating a sour sweet. Have you yeah. swallowed it now? Yeah, I've swallowed oh, it. Oh, I was going to catch you eating it. Oh, no. In fairness, Adam should have given them before we started rolling, and then we yeah. should have done them straight away because they were very, very sour. Adam Pachiti had a little trip to, to Beamish and gave us some, some very sour sweets before we started. Oh, Beamish sweets, though. I like Beamish. Yeah, it's. I've not been in years. We used to go on like a school trip every year when mm. I was little. But yeah, I've not been in years. But that sweet shop, man, it's burned into your brain. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not familiar, so um, in in the northeast, you've got Beamish, which is like a County real Durham. Life. Yeah, it's like a living museum That's set in it. the 1800s. There's one similar in the West Midlands called the Black Good Dry Living Museum. It's not too bad unless you're left-handed and you're a little kid and you go to the schoolhouse, at which point, like, the teacher straight up one year, we were there, like, busted out a ruler and started smashing the desk in front of this kid and telling him he was evil. Oh, my God. Uh, And it was like, (laughs) woohoo! Is that allowed? It was back then. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrifying. She then, no, but then she she was like, well, after, if you can't stop writing with your left hand, and then his right hand, handwriting was obviously terrible. He'd never used a fountain pen before. So having to use a fountain pen and his right hand, couldn't write for anything. Oh, started crying. Teacher then brought him in front of everybody and then was like alluding to the fact she was going to, she was going to cane him. And then it was like, but we wouldn't do that in this day and age. It was like, oh, thank God. Because we were fairly sure Matty was going to get absolutely cracked with that cane. <laughs> what was the dilemma? <laughs> what was the dilemma with writing with your left hand? That's uh, evil. Is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I'm honored. I think it's, uh, it had something to do with initially being the hand of the devil, and then it became, well, I think it was like, well, the regent, like the king or queen is right-handed. Oh. And it became one of those things. So then once the queen was all right with it, then... I have, I have no idea. Wow. Basically, schools were bad and are still bad here, but I don't <laughs> think they're as bad as that anymore. Uh, no, no, we don't beat people senseless for being left-handed. At least the teachers don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We might be getting back there, depending on how the government continues, <laughs> but... <laughs> Bring on 2022, the year of rickets. Let's yes. do it. Hey, let's do that. Balance six. <laughs> let's go back to a happier time. Yeah, Nitro number four. <laughs> oh, wow, guys. So lucky. Amazing. Many wow classic Nitro Not review. even any American males on this week. Well, they do appear in a little advert. What's the point of even doing one? I was very We should just call this the classic American males review. Do you know what? I know who'd be up for that. My new friend on Twitter, Scotty Riggs. What? Mm-hmm. What? Scotty what? Riggs. My mate, what? My mate, Scotty. Scotty Riggs. My mate, Scotty Riggs off you... American males. You just chatting with Scotty Riggs? Chilling with Scotty Riggs. You just going to drop that in conversation just now? Just going to drop that name in, me and Scotty Riggs. Are you going to join? Is there going to be a new American Males? Well, he, we might, I might wrestling. us three become the American the Males. The Tom American Males? Well, the Tom and Sam American Males. No, just the Tom American uh, Males. Well, look, here's the thing. I'll sing the theme tune. Well, do you know what? You Tom might... American Males, <laughs> Tom American Males, and Scotty Riggs is all oiled up, gyrating next to you. 
Oh, he'd be man. up for that. Oh. He did his first sort of Zoom fan meeting the other weekend. <laughs> and he said, I'll, I'll tell you what he said. Because I, <laughs> I mentioned him behind the curtain. I mentioned, hey, I'm from Cotaholic. We do a classic Nitro review. We were talking about you. Come and have a chat with us, Scotty. <laughs> All good things. All good things. Because I'm a little bit shy. Your theme's a little bit brilliant. questionably lyrically built, but brilliant. <laughs> I'm a little bit shy Ben's getting out, so I like messaging people and just going, hey, Yeah, the come, ball's on this, man. Come on Sheer down. <laughs> and uh, he said, I'm doing my first ever Zoom gimmick thing tonight. Guess I'll figure out how to do it properly. This old bitch likes to keep, keep shit single. Simple, lol. If it goes well, we can set something up over the next couple of weeks. So there you go. We could be sat watching an American Males match. With Scotty Riggs. With Scotty Riggs. Be rude not to. Tom, this is like... Oh my God! This is like the, the childhood dream, manifest destiny. The boyhood dream has come true. <laughs> I'm gonna be watching wrestling with Scotty Riggs. Manifest destiny, baby. Manifest. <laughs> it'll happen. It'll happen. I'll bend it. American out. males. <laughs> you can write our theme. We need to. We need. Yeah, it needs to happen. It's it gonna needs ha- to happen. There you go. I wouldn't say. I'll bring you in the stripper Riggs. oil that week. Per- well, same as every week then. <laughs> Just standard week. <laughs> That's down the road. Uh, we, we're watching every episode of Nitro until its end or ours. In order. In our week chronological week. order, yeah. week by week. So, uh, we you you heard yesterday, you heard the Monday Night Raw that was on at the same time as the Nitro we're going to watch today. Yes, so we're going head-to-head with the podcast, we basically. We certainly same are, as essentially. Raw and Nitro. Yeah. We talk far too much crap in these. It's good that we can clean house a little and be like, <laughs> so here is what we're doing. We're not just talking about Alex Wright and uh, and, and American males. <laughs> we might do mostly that. Mostly. It's all Mulligan and O'Hare references hey, on the classic Raw review. So it's good that we've got our own shit going on. Uh, so uh, the ratings are in for last week for Nitro and Raw. Yes. Raw 2.7. Uh-huh. Nitro 1.9. So we had Nitro had a weak win, and it was a weak win <laughs> in every sense of the word. But uh, we're all back in the lead. They need to get some big names on the go here. It's getting a bit old. It's getting a bit boring. It's getting a bit stale, Eric. What are you doing? Oh, do you know what? You might have to pull out the big guns this week. So, uh, Ric Flair. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> we're going to go through this week's episode of Nitro. Just a few notes from this week of the wrestling on the WCW side of things. Uh, Four Brawl did a .48 buy rate, which would be the lowest any Hulk Hogan WCW pay-per-view has ever done. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the bloom is already off of the the bros brother brother which uh, i mean looking at it from the outside even even then in the mid 90s the dungeon of doom was hokey it was childish <laughs> it was there was no wonder they didn't really feel there was much going for that show in general we had the war games obviously but i i yeah it eh, wasn't it was yeah eh. It was. It felt like a one match show, didn't it? The old war games. Yeah. They always. And even then, it was a bit do. of a naff show, and we kind of had all right matches peppered in. Nothing like amazing, but then it just kind of ended on that big wet fart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next snap heard round the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it give Giant a finisher, which he can do. Just the yes. Quick, move your arms. Shake your arms. Bit of the voice grip. Them. Bit of squeeze the head, bit of bulging the eyes and screaming, and then pfft. quick rubber to squeezy, squeezy. Hogan's down. <laughs> uh, Hogan and Savage uh, were in Titusville just two days before this at the opening of Jim Duggan's Gym, nice. which sadly isn't called Jim Duggan. Yeah, it should just be called Jim Duggan <laughs> with like GYM Duggan. <laughs> this is the same, obviously around the same week. Oh, and you that... could have had a little two by four with a face on it. Oh my <laughs> God, Jim, what were you doing? Misty's Mr. Trick. He's Mr. Trick the boy has. <sighs> Johnny B. Bad has suffered injured ribs during a match in Florence against Dallas Page. He'll be out for a few weeks. Back in time for Halloween Havoc, though, so don't worry. Yes, Halloween Havoc fast approaching, of course, as we sit here halfway through October. Flair Flair also (laughs) uh, back before the pay-per-view. He's had an operation to remove a cataract from his eye. Yes. They say they've taken the cataract out, but left the glimmer in. (laughs) It was, um, what was it? It was like last week, I think, that Flair had an actual eye injury and they were playing up somebody else having like stitches in their eye that hadn't had stitches in their eye. Yeah. So they just kind of took, oh, Flair injured his eye. Let's just use that for this guy. Basically passing that around. Uh, Eric, oh, there's a nice story floating around, a funny story floating around about Eric Bischoff. Yeah. This comes from the Wrestling Observer. Um, The big joke going around is that when Eric Bischoff met Sabu at the Miami tapings, he brought up having grown up in Detroit watching his uncle wrestle and then talked about seeing Sabu's uncle lose the title to Hulk Hogan. Yes. See the mistake that he's made here. I, I yes, <laughs> confusing. Yes. I mean, it, it, it might be the the biggest. It might be the biggest mistake you can make to the the parties involved here. 
<laughs> ever so slightly. Uh, the Sheik and Iron Sheik are different people. Yes, and the Sheik is watching. regarded as one of the toughest shooter-style brawler, traditional, classic, old-school wrestlers there is. The guy pioneered like a, a more daring style. It went over very well in Japan. Like He was known for being a brutal wrestler who could put up with a lot of punishment and dole it out as well, both in and out of the ring. And then you compare him with the Iron Sheik, which again, Iron Sheik, very, very good kind of run in the 80s, but two very, very different, very different people. And you don't want to confuse them too, uh, too old Sabu, do you? Iron Sheik is a good shooter. You just have to stand still while he gets towards you. Yes, whereas the Sheik would rip your arms off, pass one to Sabu, and then they would both beat you to death with it. Very accurate. Uh, WCW has banned banners and placards from Nitro tapings after what happened at Johnston City. This is not a ban that will stick. Uh, Was this after last week? With the, uh, we want it it raw? That was one of the signs... (laughs) That got booted. Oh my other, god! Other signs. I, given it, like the fact, in three years' time or two years' time, Bischoff is going to be walking down the aisle with the the Vince fears rate of Raw fears ratings. Exactly, sign, like, pulling that off a fan. Other signs that were banned from that particular show and Saturday night were Malenko versus Guerrero Matt Classic. Uh, who's the man? Paul Orndorff. Just ask Vader. <laughs> and WCW get a clue. Read the Observer. Oh god. <laughs> Imagine them going down the smarky route. Surely they wouldn't do that. No, not at all. I. The thing is, I, I kind of get it when there's blanket bands on signs and stuff at wrestling shows because mm. especially if you're paying a lot for a, t- for a ticket and there's somebody in front of you with a sign, it can be annoying. It can be... Ve- especially if you're on the floor. Mm. Like the roars I've been to where I've been on the floor... Uh, the second people come out, you've got to, everybody's got to kind of get to their feet to see anything. But then if the signs, and usually they've got people at ringside kind of go, get your sign down, get your sign down, get your sign down. But like when they're just stood like this and there's four in a row and you can't see, and it's like 120 quid for that seat. And it's like, cheers, thank you. Yeah, wonderful. But at the same time, they're only banning it reactionary, aren't they? So, <laughs> Did you ever take a sign to a wrestling show? No. Never? No, nah, I'm not like quick enough to write funny signs. <laughs> So <laughs> I, I, um, I, me and my younger brother, when we were in Florida many years ago, we got to go to a TNA impact. Table. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I drew a nice cartoon image of Kurt Angle. Yeah. He was the guy at the time with all the belts on and stuff. Very proud of it. And my brother made a sign, uh, cause he's a West Bromwich Albion fan. Yes. It said WBA on tour in big letters. <laughs> and, uh, there's an episode of Nitro. I think the main event is something like Sting versus Christian Cage versus Samoa Joe versus maybe Scott Stein. Oh, maybe AJ Styles is impact. Yeah. yeah. And there's a bit on the, on the show where Sting's on the, th- on the, turnbuckle after winning they cut to the crowd and there's bloody mike in his west Brom show, <laughs> wba on tour he got on the show if you, you can find it. that do you know what if, if you are an impact uh if you if you if you can find that actually it might be on impact plus i'm gonna find it see if i can send it to him do it yeah if you find it unless you find it before me in which case thank you um but that's the only other time i've taken a sign to a show i feel like it's a it's a it's an art form that doesn't exist anymore yes i think it was especially you know toward the late 90s it was golden mm. just pure golden and there were so many signs they couldn't do anything about any of them mm. it was just oh it was a good time yeah let's get into this week's nitro so do we uh, have to we have to mate i'm afraid this is part stuff of stuff the... happens <laughs> nothing really happens there's your we nitro have review to talk about crisps, the nothing which crisps are the no, best no we can't we can look if we if we drift onto crisps <laughs> then then that's an organic drift <laughs> we we have to we have to stay somewhat on the path but we can veer uh, if, right, a, if a good right, looking, okay. a good looking service station. Hit if we come past, some, hit me with some disco. If come we come on. past, a, if we come past a metaphorical Weatherby, we can call in. Um, Eric Bischoff, Bobby Heenan, and Mongo, and Pepe wearing a saddle. Yes, wearing a saddle. And Bobby Heenan mocks him, but Mongo's like, "It's all right. I know you want to ride him." <laughs> but <laughs> Bobby calls him a tarantula with a saddle. I love, I like Bobby constantly referring to him as a tarantula. Yes. It's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Our opening match is indeed Alex Wright versus your friend of mine, Disco Inferno. Disco fever. Disco, Disco fever. Disco fever. What's he gonna tweet next? <laughs> about how me and Ross are a disgrace to the wrestling yeah. industry, probably. Uh, this is Glenn Gilberti. He started wrestling in 91 around Georgia. Do you know, Sam Drovo, who came up with the Disco Inferno character? I've read about the, like, who is it? 
Raven. Raven came up with the Disco I mean, Inferno character. It kind of. I can see it from Raven. Mm-hmm. Like he's got. He's very sarcastic as an he is a person, and everybody hates Disco. Yeah. Or at least at this time, everybody despises Disco. Disco's long been dead. So that was the plan. Yeah. So uh, Raven showed Disco Inferno or Glenn Gilbert at that point uh, video footage of Johnny Holiday from Calgary yeah. and saying like this guy really isn't leaning into the gimmick as much as say you could. Yeah. And, and that was where it was born. Uh, the name Disco Inferno came from that meeting. Obviously a song by the Tramps. Yes. I mean, when you look at Disco, it's it's almost commendable back then because he is like as annoying and crap as that gimmick is. He is trying to give it his all with yeah. the booty shaking and being as much of a general dick that the audience don't want to see as possible. But then you've got Alex Wright just coming out and proper like diving to the outside <laughs> and being all excited and oh man. You know what? I, and, and I agree with you. Like disco really like as annoying a gimmick he as it was designed it. to be. He, but, it was a, but this is, I, as a kid, I hated him because my dad hated him. And it was just like, just you you knew he was going to get beat usually mm. or like if he'd win it would be via cheaty cheaty means mm. but it was like you know you kind of wanted to see him get his comeuppance because he was always yeah. a bit of a dick and it kind of works well as an old-fashioned heel in that sense because you know he he got that side of it where it's like you just got to make him hate you you've just got to make him hate you and That's that was all what you they did do. and yeah. and it was and it was beautifully done and he worked beautifully as a heel throughout his entire run yeah. and fair play fair play he knows his audience he knows his <laughs> audience uh, so alex ryan disco inferno kicking us off uh, disco jumps right before the bell in case you weren't sure if he was a bad guy he yeah yeah he guy. jumps him just to make sure yes dancing like a goof while he's cheap shotting him all the way through <laughs> Uh, right bounces back gorgeous missile drop kick lovely spinning wheel kick wild planter to the outside this Alex Wright cat's a bit good isn't he yeah so Alex he's Wright is good. He's, he's just kind of getting in there and really showing you know the uh, the the skills that he's got that as a younger talent the more energy that he's got like he's he, I don't he's just very interesting to watch now because I never really thought much of him back in the day but when you see him now, it's like, man, like he could, he could actually, you know, if if they featured him a bit more, which they're gonna kind of start to do, he does run with it. And it's like, who is this German guy out of nowhere? And he's just kind of nailing it. And he's super young, and it works. What did you make of? There was the move sort of midway through this match where it looked like Disco was gonna hit him with a belly to belly overhead. Yes. And I don't know whether they ran out of room in the ring. And oh, it ends is it be- when he kind of goes into the ropes? Yeah, yeah. like a flapjack instead. It's, it's it's almost like, yeah, it almost like catapulted him to the top rope, didn't it? It looked a bit a bit stinted, but it was a bit, a bit like, dicey. okay, yeah. It's a touch ropey, wasn't it? Yeah. I was a little bit nervous Just watching a little that. Bit. Everybody was all right, though. Uh, end of the match comes when Disco takes a little too long dancing and gets caught with a backslide for the three. Jobs are good, and Alex Wright picks up a and W. The, the Bischoff misses the one count as well. The referee goes down and counts one on the landing, and then Bischoff goes, one, two. <laughs> the bell's already gone. And the crowd, I think, missed it as well. And then the bell rings, and it's just kind of like... <sighs> <laughs> do you ever get those moments in wrestling where you think you hear a three count but you don't yes like that weird sort there's, of phantom three when the count. when the ref hits the mat hard with that left hand when they plant it before there's so many times i've been sucking into one two three <laughs> kick out and it's been like what <laughs> yeah i'm i thought that might have been me no, i'm glad i, I did sometimes as well I'm glad. I'm glad it yeah. didn't catch this. All the best people are, including <laughs> Eric Bischoff. Uh, thoughts on our opening match, then? Uh, you know, it, it, it was. It was. <laughs> yeah. it, it was. It was all right. It was. You know, it was nothing to write home about. Like it, it was. Went out there, did what it needed to do. Right, mm. got people excited. A couple of higher spots at the time. You know, diving to the outside and and just sort of that energy was a bit higher than what we used to seeing at, at the main event level because that tends to be a bit more slow and lumbery and hulking up. Mm-hmm. But it, it's gonna kind of this this roadmap is gonna be expanded upon very soon as we start to evolve the cruiserweight division and, and solidify that. But this is like. It's something you're going to see a lot of in early Nitro is this kind of get out there, have a quick opener with a couple of exciting moments and then go from there. That was always the style that Bischoff wanted to have, wasn't it? That kind yeah. of car crash opening of just like, whoa, That's what it. If you, if you kind of see the, the the opening match, you're just flicking through the channels and they're diving to the outside and they're doing all this stupid stuff, then you kind of might be like, oh, I'm just going to keep that on. That's it. And, and it's somewhat effective. Um, then you bring in the stars like Hulk Hogan. 
<laughs> oh, he's in a neck brace, and when we arrive, he's, he's doing his workouts because you know you can't miss a workout even if you've got a broken neck. I'm I'm no expert, Sam, in fitness. Yeah, but doing neck presses with a broken neck with a neck brace on. Surely that's not the right thing. I, to I do. genuinely think that Hulk Hogan knows better than doctors or you, Tom. Well, Hogan so, does you know, know best. Yeah, exactly. He had a whole TV show about it. <laughs> so if he wants to stick, what is it, 10, 12 pounds of gold compared to the NWA top 40? How big is the, you know, the, big, the old, gold, big gold belt? The, yeah. If he wants to put X amount pounds of gold on his neck and have Jimmy Hart push down as hard as he can while he tries to lift up and then try to rip his collar off while Jimmy's going, no, Hogan, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do any damage to your don't neck, Hogan. It, Let me do more of those <laughs> neck push. With uh, you. Uh, Such a weird man. The only time he's going to get to feel strong against him is pushing him down. <laughs> Years of frustration, Jimmy Hart bearing down he's on just Hogan. wishing it was a pillow. Just, <laughs> Hogan hasn't missed An a workout. one, of course. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> with Jimmy's we, face on it. He can sing as he pushes it down. Hogan, as you say, Sam, hasn't missed a workout. Isn't being stopped by the Taskmaster and the Stinky Giant. It takes away the aggression of a feud when you keep calling Paul White the Stinky Giant. Yeah, but it, there were more. There were more instances of really childish language, mm. in the, and it's kind of like, well, you've said ass before. You've done. You've kind of, you know, you, you kind of flirted with being a little bit more, yeah, edgy. I know you're not gonna because WCW's whole thing was, you know, family centric for so long. Uh, they're gonna get there, of course, eventually. Mm -hmm. But they, they're quite family centric still now. So you do have random moments with just ass, and I'm gonna kick your ass, and I'm gonna kick your ass, and kick your ass. I kicked your ass, and then stinky giant, stinky poo poo giant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is where a match that lives in wrestling the infamy greatest, is set. The greatest wrestling pay-per-view match of all time. <laughs> it results in the death of a man. <laughs> At the hands of Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan has to break Batman's rule. And he just, just kills a guy. Kill Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Shoves him off a roof. Hulk oh. Hogan announces after the Giants monster truck destroyed Black Beauty, of course, his famous yes. motorbike yes. that he mentioned that time. <laughs> Hulk Hogan announces he is building a monster truck. And challenges the giant to machine against machine. It's not just any monster truck either. It's a better monster truck. Yes. So he's gonna he's gonna hook them up front to front, and they're gonna shove each other around in Hulkamania. The power of Hulkamania is gonna destroy the giant in a monster truck match, a first yeah. ever monster truck match, and it's gonna be built by the people that built. I think I want to say Gravedigger. It was one of the um, big, 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 Bigfoot Eight. Bigfoot. That was it. Mm. Yeah. 
which was the Giants monster truck. Uh, more on that in a bit. But yes, yeah, so after the monster truck, machine versus machine clash, Hogan said he will put the WCW title on the line against Giant as well. So that's Halloween Havoc setting up to be quite the occasion. Oh, yes. So, so yeah, they're going to have, it's announced they're going to have that match and then they're going to wrestle afterwards. So they're going to do a little bit of a shove round on the roof in some cars and then they're going to have a match. So what's the point of the shove round on the roof? Because... Monster trucks are in in the mid nineties. No, the shove round on the roof is because that murder is pre, pre- <laughs> determined. You know, it, it's, it's premeditated. It's going to be a nightmare on Kobo Hall in a few weeks. Yeah, time. Hogan's getting there. He's gonna, you know, he, he's he's in the mood to kill a man. He even says at the end he's going to lay the giant to rest right next to his father. Was that outside the Kobo Hall? <laughs> Apparently, after the giant was buried outside Kobo Hall. Was it the street side or was it the river side? That, well, that becomes important what, later. Yeah, that yeah. becomes important much Once later. Once concrete to the river, what's the difference? <laughs> That's a great line. I can't wait for piss off to say that. Oh. Uh, now, as a as a dubsy dub kid around this point, yeah, like were you were you at a, did you were you aware of what was coming? Were you I wasn't. Excited I wasn't for... really. Uh, I did, I wouldn't say I was like actively able to digest it at this no. point. I was still a bit young, so like I. I don't know, but I, I just remember seeing this years later and being like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is this? Like, are they for real? Are they actually for real? Like, I, I remember seeing clips of the monster trucks. They'd show it every now and then. And obviously, you know, monster trucks were all over. Steve Austin had a monster truck. Like, there was an NWO oh, right. monster truck. There's just, you know, loads of stuff like that. But this is, it takes the shit cake. <laughs> it really does. It takes the shit cake. It takes the shit cake. <laughs> uh, and we'll more on that in the weeks to come. Uh, after Randy Savage snaps into a beefy, spicy Slim Jim, Mean yes. Gene Oakland is speaking to Randy Savage again. Do not be mistaken for thinking you're watching the same episode as last week. Basically, this is going to happen a lot because it yeah. does. But my favorite part of this promo is that <laughs> Randy Savage is out there in gear. He's ready to wrestle. He's got all the tassels tied up on the side. He's got his hat on. His arms are out. He's not in his coat. He's not wearing, you know, like a suit like last week. Savage is there to wrestle. He's in his gear. He's good to go. And they're kind of talking back and forth. And then out comes Luger in his gear. And it's kind of, oh, we're going to finally get the match. It's going to happen. They get on the mic. And Luger's like, that's what people want to see is Lex Luger versus the macho man Randy Savage. And the crowd's starting to go, oh, my God, we're getting it. We're getting Luger versus Savage. And he goes, next week. And that's it. Like, like what the what the fuck are you doing? Why have you got them both out there in the ring in their gear <laughs> if they're both going to be wrestling singles matches anyway? Just do it backstage or something. Mm. But if they're both going to be wrestling singles matches, and it kind of bleeds over into this awkward turnaround, doesn't it? Because you've got... Okay, that showdown, and then it goes into a match, and then there's sort of more awkward backstage stuff, and then a match, and then it bleeds over again somehow into like the fight. Oh god! You can hear the crowd. You can hear the energy from the crowd dissipate. Yeah. When they announce that this match will be in Colorado next week. Yeah. Like oh, it's kind of. They try and bring (laughs) him back because because Luger then announces. Uh, he's putting his title shot against Hogan, which he's apparently got, on yeah. the line in that match. And Luger also says if Savage beats him, Luger will leave WCW. Which ain't happening. It's but... not happening. It's just not <laughs> there. He's already out the door. Savage is up Bischoff for Bischoff was actually planning to screw him out all along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lol, bye. <laughs> Thanks, friend. Uh, yeah, so very similar segment to last week. We're now going to yeah. get next week. Whose side are you on? I'm open. I want to be the champion. Do you want to be the champion? Of course you do. Blah, 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 blah. Standard fair. <laughs> it's just, if like, Luger and Savage at this point is a is an intriguing match. Yeah, the the, the fans want to yeah. see it. Definitely, they're cheering for it. They're ready for it. They you know When, when Luger comes running down the aisle in his trunks, mm. they're like, whoa, and they're getting really hyped for it. But... It just dissipates, of course. Eric Bischoff confirms after the break that Halloween Havoc, we will definitely have Hogan versus Giant in a machine versus machine match, followed by a human versus human match. Complete. Complete. complete For fuck's sake. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Complete with a match graphic. Just sitting there and having to go. (laughs) We'll have a machine versus machine match and then a human versus human. But they're like, it's the match graphic. It's the two cars, isn't it? It's the two trucks. You've got like a, you've got like a picture of Hogan sort of badly cut out. Yeah. You've got a picture of Giant that's a bit too far away, so he looks <laughs> tiny. And then, and then they they morph into monster trucks. Oh yeah! <laughs> yes! Oh my god! Oh, I loved it. 
I love it. Did you know Hogan can do that? It's his secret power. That and racism. He turned into a big racist monster truck. No, he is a big racist monster truck. That's a secret. You know the Hulk, how he's angry all the time? Hogan's just a racist monster truck all the time. Is that how he gets away from scenes? As quick as he can. Better get away, brother! (laughs) Just weird Transformers bullshit. It's amazing. Um, Some monster truck facts. For our monster truck fans, the Giants monster truck is indeed Bigfoot 8. It's a Ford truck built by Bob Chandler in 1989. Yes. Uh, it's considered one of the most innovative trucks of all time. It uses computer-aided design, tube chassis, a cantilever shocks, which give the truck travel, helps soften the impact of landings on the driver. It was also the first Bigfoot truck to use the racing stripe paint scheme. Nice. You're welcome. Have you ever, have you ever watched Monster Jam? I have. I My favorite thing well. about Monster Jam is still, like whenever I see it, still to this day, when you have the winners at the end of every week and they're in like lime green neon <laughs> nylon yeah. suits and it's like, oh my God, this is the, and like 10 gallon hats. And it's like, this is the most American thing I've ever seen in my life. They just all need to be in America flag suits with America flag hats and it would be, and then just serve them an apple pie trophy. That's a deep joy. That's it. And while they're jumping over things, don't have like cars for them to jump over. Just have like a hot dog eating contest. <laughs> they leap over. They leap over that while that's happening. <laughs> Cheerleaders <laughs> just hoy over them. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Do that. Like, I hope they get lime green track suits to race in, do Hogan oh, and Giant. But I have yeah. a horrible feeling they might No, not. I've got a horrible feeling they're going to be sat in the passenger seat pretending. <laughs> while somebody in, in what? While, while people in black morph suits stand there actually driving. Surely not. <laughs> How dare you? Hogan's Ho- Hogan doesn't need to drive. He turns into the, the monster truck. The best thing truck. about Hogan's truck is the arms. Come on. <laughs> the fucking arms. It's, it's just like... Like, Giants is just a big, scary truck, right? It's just a big, evil-looking truck. Cool, it's a monster truck. You know, that's, you know... But when you have a fucking big, molded body with these giant (laughs) arms just reaching around the front, like, what the fuck? (laughs) That coming at you, you're dead. Um, Right, back in the ring, it's Sergeant Craig Pittman in action against Kurosawa. Yes. I'm excited to hear what Sam Driver thought of Kurosawa. Do you want to tell us who Kurosawa is? I will indeed. Manabu Nakanishi. Yes. Who began wrestling in 86 as a freestyle wrestler Mm -hmm. and then went on to work uh, as an actual wrestler. So Nakanishi would go to New Japan to hone his craft as a professional wrestler. Um, He would start there in 92. I think he won like a Super J Cup. He won like a, a Junior's Cup. In 92? I can't remember. It was somewhere around the early 90s. But then he would go and be sent on excursion because they saw something promising in him. He'd be sent on excursion to the US where he would come to WCW and he'd be wrestling as Kurosawa. Now, he would go on to leave the company and become a a major name in New Japan, I guess. You know, he was a G1 winner. He was an IWGP champion. He was like a never tag champion. I think he was a six-man champ as well. Like, he, he had, you know, a career that spanned quite a long time. He went into MMA, he went into kickboxing, uh, and then he came back and he retired in 2020. He's had a hell of a run, yeah. man. Hell of a Only retired last year. Yeah, I think it was due to compounding injuries as well. But he's still a beast, like, even now when you see him. He's, like, huge. Mm. Was a force of nature in the uh, amateur wrestling world and beyond there. He took part in multiple Asian wrestling tournaments before he became an actual wrestler. Yeah. Pro wrestler, rather. Uh, he peaked in 1992 when he c- competed in the Summer Olympics in Barcelona. Nice. That's cool. There's a nice little fact about him that people tend to miss out on. But uh, the story here is, you know, he was sent on excursion. He broke road while Warrior Hawk's arm. And that is the story that, whilst we haven't been told it on Nitro, has been told, I presume, on Saturday night or other places. Yes. And basically, there's going to be all this feuding going on in and around that. And throughout the entire match, it's like, he's going to be watching from home and he's going to be seeing. Uh, Famously, Nakanishi would be taught the Road Warrior workout by the Road Warriors. And, and, you know, they, I think, you know, he got into a bit of a big, beefy boy around around then. But yeah, it's sort of. It, it's a, an interesting position for him to be in, and it's certainly one where he is almost a nobody on the global scene anyway. So it's just a nice get that he's on national TV this early into his career, and 
being featured, not in a major storyline, but he's been featured. Yeah, yeah. got Colonel Rob Parker in his corner yeah, they, as well. they brought him up last no, no, week. No. They brought him up a couple of times. It's all been kind of building and building and building. And here he is against Pittman, who's had quite the run lately. Oh, uh, yes. Kurosawa <laughs> uh, pretty much dominates. How could we forget? <laughs> <laughs> he did that thing and he slid under the ropes like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. It was brilliant. That's a uh, full brawl. What a time we had. Uh, kicks and strikes Kurosawa dominates Pittman with. Uh, Sarge gets a backdrop to the outside to kind of get a little bit of room. Pittman fights back. Doesn't have any of the flair and the flash that even uh, even this point Kurosawa has. But he holds yep. his own. Uh, a win for Kurosawa out of nowhere with a lovely German suplex into a pin. Weird combo seeing Kurosawa and Pittman. Yeah, it just kind of, it felt a bit like, uh, throw them together. Yeah. Uh, but it was sort of on top of that, we had uh, afterwards, he was sort of posing in the ring and kind of just taking a moment just to pose and, to, and to sort of absorb it. And he was like putting his hands forward like that and just staring straight ahead. And then we had... Uh, we had commentary going, quiet, he's meditating. And whenever anybody else kept trying to talk, they'd be, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> Representation of uh, wrestlers from Japan in, in America at this point is is very uh, spotted and unusual because on yes. WCW, we have Kurosawa. Yep. We have a few more New Japan contingents coming for Starcade. Yes. So it's a much prouder representation. Meanwhile, in the WWF, Hakushi, still just about there, is about to start teaming with Barry Horowitz. This is the thing. Like, Hakushi, I, I think, could have been a much bigger deal had oh, they been God, able yeah. to get across to the American audience that, you know, like, just because he's Japanese doesn't mean he's... Do like, I, d I don't know what it was with them. They, I thought he was a good package, Hakushi. Whoa, he whoa. Xenophobia. Yeah, it, it just like <laughs> whenever I'd see Hakushi wrestlers, I always got a unique look. He's got like a unique entrance robe and like he moves unlike anybody else on the mm. roster at the time. Like he should be a bigger star. But yeah, WCW, I'd say, did more. I don't know, simply by treating them as talents, they, they did more in terms of representation. It might have been because there was a working agreement in place with a company that kind of had a bit more sway and kind of had a bit more power. And, you know, WCW would get something out the back end of that deal on the mm. other side of the world by sending talent there. So I think, yeah, WCW did a lot for representation of Japanese talent. Not always great uh, at all, like by any means. There's a lot of very poor representation, a lot of very bad treatment of uh, IWGP titles, uh, just kind of disregarding New Japan storylines for certain characters. And they, they really uh, kind of took the piss a bit, but we did see more Japanese talent coming through there. It would start to, yeah, you would start to see I a little mean, bit more. Liger, right? I mean, Liger. Yeah, well, Liger was yeah. on the first Nitro. Yeah, first match. First match, and you had you had uh, Jushin Thunder Liger out there, which is incredible. So, like, there is a, a much better representation, but not perfect, actually. Yeah. Um, Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman are out for a chat. <laughs> Two lads that Again. just bloody love their guns. Again, all you had to do was add, add Pillman to last week's episode, and this would be the exact same promo. Yeah. Because it's just, well, Flair, it's just a response, but it's pretty much everything Flair said, but back from Arn. <laughs> and Pillman spends the entire thing laughing maniacally and rubbing his hands together. There was a line in here that <laughs> he was... Arn, Arn at this point, he, he looks a bit younger, but the second you put those glasses on him, he's 70. Yeah, isn't it weird? Like, he hasn't aged. He ha Like, go back and look at this episode. See Arn, like, he hasn't aged. When he puts those glasses on, I don't think he's changed glasses in all this time either. I think we had a uh, a future echo in this particular piece, though. So Brian Pillman, just a few years before Pillman's got a gun on Monday Night Raw, yeah. uh, runs down Ric Flair and says, he and Arn will continue exercising their right to bear arms. <laughs> <laughs> we should have known that boy has a Glock. It was Pillman. <laughs> Pillman was the one that gave Arn the gun. <laughs> Uh, exercise their right to bear arms and hospitalize anyone that gets in our path. Nice. So don't carjack Arn Anderson, <laughs> even in 1995. Uh, Arn says tag team wrestling is where he excels. He's not surprised that Ric Flair is struggling to find a partner for an upcoming tag team match. So Flair, Flair saving Savage. And I don't think they've said this completely out loud unless I've missed it. But so we're, we're heading towards Arn and Brian Pillman versus Flair and a partner. Yes. The story being that Ric Flair has been such a dick bag his entire career. Nobody wants to team Nobody's with him. Nobody's got his back. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's, he's approached Savage and Savage has gone no chance on dance. He's apparently approached Sting at this point and Sting's also gone. No, we'll see how that pans out. <laughs> when was the last time we saw a story like that? Because I quite like those where a heels I can't find a scramble and, and it's almost like literally nobody, mm. literally nobody. And then you might get like a, 
a young baby face either turn heel or the bad guy learns his lesson and he's got to be friendly to people from now on. And he, he got like a young baby face that helps him win. You see the sheer mm. amount of odd couple tag teams that we have in WWE. You thought we would have seen that at just, least once recently. It, it feels worlds apart, doesn't it? Because you're watching tag teams like in this era and mm. they've got double moves and they've got, and you know, we, we do have that, but it's mainly with the featured teams in WWE. Like the featured teams... They got their big spots. Mm. Like you can kind of, you know, in a Street Profits match, you're going to see that. You're going to see this. In a Nuso's match, you're going to see that. You're going to see this. But then you get to like Ziggler and Rude and it's like neither of them might hit the finish. Neither of them might hit a special. It could go any way. They might get rolled up. Ethan and Page and Scorpio Sky, the men of the year are the same. They don't yeah. have a tag finisher. It's just sort of, I don't know. I, I, I like how there's still that focus on, you know, working together and, and mm. trying to overcome by any means as the team. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a, and I can't think of anywhere where someone's gone. I need a hero like recently. Yeah, I do but like it. Either way, Flair basically, <clears> we we <throat> saw him essentially. There was a vignette that was shot on the set of Bay Shoot, Bay Shoot, Bay Shoot. There was a vignette <laughs> shot on the set of Baywatch. Bay Shoot is is the behind the scenes. <laughs> They, WCW were guests on an episode of Baywatch and they were sort of working out and there was a whole promo with Savage doing some uh, some 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 weightlifting mm -hmm. and then out in their way the Taskmaster arrives, starts shoving the weights and the bar down on Savage. Savage gets trapped and manages to roll to escape but he can't quite get up and Flair of all people is the guy that comes and kind of breaks it up and he's checking on Randy. And everybody's like, Flair? What's Flair doing? And it's sort of like, he's learning. He's learning that you got to start being nice to people. Got to be nice to people. Yeah. Uh, talking of the Taskmaster and Randy Savage, after a plug for Saturday night that features advertisements for Johnny B. Bad and Sting for the US title, uh, an appearance by the Giant and the American Males. American Males. Getting a little Time look 17. in. <laughs> uh, we, go to, uh, we go to one of our two main events of the evening. Uh, the recap for the rematch from the Baywatch beating Taskmaster versus Randy Savage. Nice Zodiac's ringside. He attacks oh, Savage when he comes out. It's it's this is this is just. I mean, <laughs> Beefer just standing there shaking his head and going, "No, <laughs> yes, no, no, yeah, no, no, no." Would you say no. so, where would you where would you put this as one of the the finer gimmicks of Ed Leslie? Right around the U bend. <laughs> if they're all sitting right at the bottom of the toilet, then this one's right around the U bend. Legitimately. <laughs> Fucking oh, Zodiac is like the worst part is that I don't like the, the unicorn horn, but the face paint, like I didn't so much mind. Like I thought the face paint, the, like the physical look was cool. Mm. It was just the fact that it was the physical face paint. And then just Beefer's outfit, but in black. <laughs> Same tassels, just a little horn. And then he's revealed to have been a spy all along. Oh, my God. He's working for Fuck Hogan. Yes, no. Of course he is. He's always working for Hogan. <laughs> it's the only person he's ever fucking worked for. <laughs> uh, Bischoff uh, on commentary made me laugh. He said on the Taskmaster, he puts his game plan together in a septic tank. He's so low. Oh, online. Nice. I nice. like it though. I like it. Uh, this is a friggin' scrappy affair. Taskmaster dominates with the help of Zodiac popping yep. up. Savage yep. comes back, driving Sullivan into the guardrail. Nice double axe handling all there. Zodiac sticks his oar in. Savage drags him into the ring. The ref tries to stop Savage from attacking Zodiac because he's not in the match. Savage shoves the ref. DQ. Yeah, but the ref didn't give a solitary shit about any of the interference beforehand. No. Perfectly fine with it. It wasn't if until I was Savage, Savage I'd be going to the back office and I'd be like, you're overturning that. Yeah. Or I'm walking out of here with my Slim Jim deal. Just like <laughs> and I'll start my own promotion. Slim Jim champions at wrestling. <laughs> with Blackjack and Slim Jims. <laughs> when you say Blackjacks, you mean the little sweets? I don't even know. Uh, I was just doing the bender line. I like that. <laughs> I just replaced hookers with Slim Jims. Oh, of course. <laughs> Slow on that one. I like that one. John, can you put Randy Savage's head on Bender doing that line? <laughs> From Futurama. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so this, so the ref throws the match out. He shouldn't have done, but he did. Yeah. Enter the I giant. Mean, he did physically touch the referee. Yeah, and in WCW, but in WCW, if you lay hands on a referee, immediate DQ, and you're fined. Right. So Actually, Bishop they, did say that they we explain this. Yeah. He's laid hands on an official. You are penalized for that. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, I guess, supersedes maybe referee's discretion on any of the outside stuff or referee being an idiot and just kind of going, 
Well, I'm just going to look over here off to the crowd now that they're outside behind me. Oh, look at that turnbuckle pad's a bit loose. I'm still just going to look at the crowd. They're all brawling underneath me. As you were, Your Honor. It's a nice sign. Rose Ed. <laughs> Enter the giant who yes. walks to the ring, drops Savage with a gorgeous chance. Seven slam. foot four, don't you know? Oh, I forgot he's seven, seven foot, foot four. four. Now, I know he's a big lad, but seven foot four, That's Bobby. Seven. You can't teach that. Seven foot four, Bobby. <laughs> seven foot four, Bobby. It's a big, it's a big <laughs> policeman. Uh, Savage, like Savage gets a choke, and the beautiful choke slam by Wright as well. By yeah. Paul White. Like, I love his choke slams when he was at this sort of weight. And the way he moves. Like, yeah. He's so explosive for a giant. Like, you, we've never seen somebody... We've seen big guys move quick. We've seen Vader. Yeah. Vader's kind of like the, the yardstick at this point, I feel, for big guys who move quick. Tenter's up there as well because he's got short explosive power uh, from, like, sumo days. Like, Tenter up close, you kind of see him move very quickly. But... You know, Vader was the the guy who was doing all the stuff a big guy shouldn't be doing. And then Paul White just comes in and takes all of that, disregards it, and he's just doing whatever the hell he wants. It's and it's just working, wants. working so well. He's so good at this point. So who can stop the mighty giant? A locker room full of absolute wrestling legends. And his bratwurst fingers. <laughs> and his big chunky <laughs> fingers. Who can stop him? Who comes out to save the day? Who the fuck are these two? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Who the absolute fuck are these I, two? I genuinely, genuinely. I was like, hang on, is that is that no? No? I, no, it's I, I had to what? put it into the group the, chat. Who's that? I had to put it into the group chat to, to find out who it is. So but big shout. Bischoff doesn't even seem to know. No, he hasn't got Scooby-Doo. Because after these two, Alex Wright comes out to kind of get involved. But even then, when Alex Wright's coming, it's like, and who's this? It's it's it's, 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 it's Alex Wright. <laughs> Don't worry, I've, we've done some digging. We can fill in the gaps. Okay, so the first guy that eats a choke slam, the guy with the the tash who looks a little bit like a Tully Blanchard yes. type. Uh, thank you to Lewis House, one of our, our writer from the Czech Republic for this yes. one. They recognize incorrectly Frankie the Thumper Lancaster. Nice, nice. And uh, the other guy that does a run out is Staffordshire-born lad Mark Starr, nah. who would go on to be one half of Men at Work in a few years. I just thought you meant the band there for a second. Oh, <laughs> he sang the well, safety dance. Just down there, but I wouldn't call it down under. <laughs> Staffordshire is the land down under. Um, so God knows why they run out. They're just there. I guess they get a shoe in. They're probably, you know, the type of people you'd have by the curtain. If they were going to be over the top with it, they might have quickly cut to somebody by the curtain going, oh my God, get out there. Get Send out them there, out, get stop out them. them. That'd be, yeah, that'd have been quite nice. Uh, Alex Wright then comes out, as you say. He has yep. a go. It gets flawed. And eventually, Lex Luger just rocks up. And and just, yes. just cue more weirdness with Lex Luger. Just more, like more uncomfortable body language with Lex Luger. So he walks out and he's kind of walking around as if to go, hey, you guys are cool. Like Taskmasters, like patting him on the back. Like, hey, you with us? And then, well, the, the entire idea is, is he gonna, is he gonna revel in this moment? And is he gonna use it as a means <clears throat> to attack Savage? Or is he gonna help Savage? And because they've been going backwards, backwards and forwards on this, of course, you know, the last couple of weeks, we've had promos from them both going at each other. We've got, you know, this moment of of question, what is Luger going to do? And then Luger gets in the ring. He climbs over Savage lying there in the ring, looks down at him, and he starts, like he's about to start mouthing off to him. And then Big Show just, well, Big Show, the giant grabs him, and then we'd never find out. So the giant attacks Luger, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing that for? Yeah. If he decided with Savage, you would have had Luger, who I know, you know, he's not Bret Hart, but like, you can still throw him in the way as a roadblock before he gets to any of you lads. Absolutely. Yeah. But alas, it didn't happen. So Giant decided to attack Luger. Luger gives a little bit of back, gives a bit of socks, but then Giant ends up chokeslam. And then him. we go to a break. And when we come back, Luger has been not thoroughly beaten down, but he's had a bit of a kick in and mm. he's waiting for his match to begin. Because the main event is Lex Ooh. Luger versus Meng. And Luger's already in the <laughs> ring, battered. Giant yeah, lying gone. there in the corner like, Ugh. Where's Frankie Lancaster? I, Get I, in there, out, save him! Out sprints Meng. <laughs> Meng just comes down like, right, I'm getting on this and just starts taking it straight to Luger. Meng just batters Luger in our main event. <laughs> well, during the main event, which Bischoff excitedly informs us that Hogan will be in Denver, Colorado next week. Yes. <laughs> Not for Night Show, he just likes it there. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You'll be on the nitro. Excited for you. Um, Meng just, yeah, it's a clattering. Meng lands a pile driver. Luger kicks out the pile driver. We forget this is still the time where a pile driver is still like a, a bit of a, a, a standard move rather than a well, this is it. whole kinda, triangle to finish. It hadn't quite become the DDT, uh, you know, by SmackDown to know your role levels where it was everybody's mm. standard finish uh, for a creator wrestler. It wasn't quite, you know, it, it hadn't become watered down per se, but... Mm. It had lost its allure of being the most dangerous move in wrestling. It was still up there, mm. but it was executed a lot more than we'd see it now. Now, when somebody busts out a pile driver in this day and age, it's always like, fuck. Yeah. Like when Cena got pile driven, it was like, fuck. Like, it, I don't know. It feels it's one of the things I do like about modern wrestling is that the pile driver is so protected now. Mm, I but like At that. the same time, I do like watching classic stuff and just watching somebody bust a sit out pile driver <laughs> and just stuff that we know <laughs> just would not fly today on any level. It's 18 pile drivers keeps yeah. on going. <laughs> uh, Luger fights back after a pile driver, screaming all the way. <laughs> he is the noisiest wrestler. And I blame ah! OSW Review ah! for pointing this out to me. Just everything. <laughs> yeah. Ah! Well, you it's you you got to do it right. You got to make it seem like you you're really laboring to fight. Yeah, yeah. But he's very noisy. Yeah, he's just <laughs> it's their fault for not having the mics down lower. It's very true. Yeah. Uh, however, he gets put down with an Ionian nerve grip from Meng. Yes. This is this is your classic. I'm a bit knackered. Fin wrestling record, uh, isn't it? Just gonna sink two fingers uh, and a thumb into that little part of your your, your collarbone collar there. Bit, yeah. And I'm just gonna just gonna I feel like that's something you do to like a dog that's going a bit mental. Like you just do that, go calm down, the dog would just go. <sighs> it's just sort of like, I guess, you know, the idea is that it would probably be cutting off uh oxygen to the brain, maybe. Yeah. So it'll probably it'll probably knock you out super quick. Kind of like if you're if you pinch that then game over as long as the person can't get out of it uh but yeah i don't know I, i've never really been a fan of these i like when i like submission finishes i like submission finishes i want to see like a struggle i like mm. the figure four i like the sharpshooter i like the walls of jericho where it's like the ankle lock where it's just like oh how are they going to get out of this like the when benoit used to lock in the cross face and wrench it back and yeah. it was like there is no fucking way Scratching you're getting out and, of that. and you're screaming at the tv going just tap 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 and then they do and it's like like it's the best. Like I, but yeah, I don't know what it is about vice grips and just general grips. Even the mandible claw, it's iconic. But the mandible claw is like, as a kid, I was like, what? So he just sticks two fingers in his mouth. It's like, yeah. Well, yeah, but like further. So he's just sticking fingers in his mouth. Ah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's true. It's only when you put a sock on the end of it. It was people until really like a while it. later that it was like, oh no, it goes down the throat. Okay, it's like obstructing the 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 mouth and the breathing and stuff. I was like, okay, I get it. But they even got away. They even moved away from that in years yeah. to come. Where it was just like, oh, it's a smelly well, sock. You, you'd see you'd, you'd see the fingers just like curve back and like here. And it was like, ah. <laughs> uh, I remember WrestleMania ten. It was Yokozuna versus Lex Luger. Basically, the match was a ten minute Ionian nerve grip. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> Yoko, after three minutes, was done. They just lock he was bagging. a standard test of strength, they just go lock in the shoulders and just grip as hard <laughs> yeah. as they can until one of them falls over. Always baffled by the fact that pretty much what happened. Always baffled by the fact that Mania Ten that Brett versus Yoko got about four minutes, but Luger and Yoko got about fifteen. That's got, weird. He slammed him on the USS inter Intrepid. Yeah, Come but you give him ninety a, seconds. That's a blood feud. Just just to keep Yoko fresh. No, he'd be another ten minutes of nerve grip. No. We lost a ten man tag because of that nerve grip. Ah, it's fine. I'm furious. I've never. Nobody I've never was. Nobody was miffed. It's never every, been discussed I was again. furious. <laughs> Men on a mission Genuinely. rapped about it. They said they've got one more match. This one's in the bag. Ten men in the ring for a ten-man tag. We never Richard, got the ten-man tag. Richard brought it up on his podcast. I can't remember which episode, but it was fascinating listening to him talk about how that all went down. And it was like, oh, we're going to have to bump that match. And it was like, ah. Oh, like... Yeah. I was livid. Furious. Anyway, uh, somehow Luger fights back. He counters a top rope nothing from Meng, yeah. who just flies into just the a, middle Just of a ring. standing splash with both arms up. But Luger's already up to his feet. Yeah. <laughs> Luger just goes, whip, stands to the side, <laughs> throws him down, done. Luger starts to make a comeback. He's, he's punching and kicking him in the corner. The ref pulls Luger away. Whilst this is happening, Meng is applying the golden spike given to yeah. him by the Taskmaster. So Meng reached down uh, by his bollocks. <laughs> Yeah. Pulled out what looked like a jagged piece of metal, the golden spike, and then proceeds to, as quick as referees distracted, just kind of goes, whirp, uh, throat punches him, and then down he goes, tucks it under him, 
pin. And then as he rolls out the ring, we get a nice lingering shot of him just rustling around his balls <laughs> and putting the golden spike away. I would not want to put a golden spike anywhere I don't anywhere want to think about where the golden spike lives in the pants region because it's quite long and it's quite thin. I think where you tuck it. Behind your balls, I guess. I don't know. Unless you have like a little pouch. I, maybe. Inside. Yeah. Like a little pocket. As long as it just doesn't go in, in, in the wang. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would. <laughs> I mean, Meng's tougher, tough as fuck. But to wrestle with like a spike that near your bollocks, that's <laughs> terrifying. It's got to be. I mean, like the, the whole thing was, it was done like it's a bit of a shit finish, but it was like nicely orchestrated with the, just the quick throat punch. It wasn't like too lingery. I did like that. It was kind of like a shot of what's he doing mm. and then would it and then straight down. It wasn't like, you know, WWE where you sometimes get the really over the top pantomime. I'm going like, to put this yeah, on the end of my hand. Regal just stands in the middle of the ring and just whaps his trunks like that and just goes. <laughs> you play to the back of and the room, brother. And out and then just starts waving it around, <laughs> slaps the referee with it three or four times, <laughs> puts it on his hand, looks at the referee who's <clears> nodding <throat> at him, uses it and then the ref just goes, <laughs> counts the three that's classic wrestling <laughs> that's classic wrestling I'm sad we didn't get that <laughs> um, so Luger loses to Meng but he's got a chance to face Savage next week so Savage gets a DQ on Taskmaster Luger takes a pinfall we can tell where the political power lies in this company <laughs> uh, Mongo Bischoff and Heenan wrap up the show with Heenan cleaning his shoe insinuating that Pepe did the business on it which is quite right. cute little bit that wasn't what you get for not liking Pepe Bobby <laughs> you get shit on your shoe Hogan there next week along with the American Myrtles, American Myrtles, the Nasty Boys next Yay. week. Yay. Yay. Dean Malenko. Yes. And Macho Man versus Luger will headline the whole show. Beautiful. Oh, what are we... That's going to be a great finish. A, a better yeah. Nitro. I think it's going to be a better Nitro overall. <laughs> sure. I think we're going to see a nice match hopefully at Malenko. The one <clears> thing <throat> I want to know right now is have we seen the fucking torture rack yet? Um, yeah, he did it on Hogan. On Nitro oh, yeah, One. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember? Because he because he he let go. Yeah. As Hogan was about to drop the arm for the third time. I was about to say, like, Luger let go and I won the match. It gets to a point where like you you do have the uh the, the torture racks put over hard by them. Like mm. toward like the, the, the mid run of Nitro. Like when he's locking that in and properly like shaking and how he wins the world title. Like, yeah, that's it. It's like he's they really really put the torture rack over something strong because I remember as a kid I was like no not the torture rack not the torture rack and I remember like properly buying that. So it was like there were very few things I liked about Luger, but the torture rack was one of them. Yeah, so he's he's had a go with it and it hasn't got him so far. But as you say, they will get it over like Roma, yeah. uh, and he may do it next week. Plus, he gets more that. buff. I don't know how it's possible, but Luca gets more buff. So he just gets too big. Like yeah. he's, he's, he looks like he's walking in toffee at the best of times, anyway. Yeah, and it's just going to get. Even he's worse. just got to. He's got to do away with the the flowy hair, and he's got to get that nice tight ponytail, and then he, it's like wrestling machine Kurt Angle, right? It just switches on in Lex's head. <laughs> Once he puts his hair in a the bun, the wrestling machine Lex Luger. <laughs> what was the best part of Nitro for you this week? Um, it was a rough one. It was a rough one. I mean, I'm always, I'm always going to say Alex Wright's great, but at mm. the same time, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it was very much redeemable on the show overall. I think my favorite thing might have been the morphing, <laughs> morphing into the uh, monster trucks. But I, you know, the the opening big. wasn't terrible. The opening had its moments of of like shine that mm. the audience seemed to be getting into, especially the more daring and exciting moments. But other than that, I don't know. You know, like. Uh, Maybe the arrival of, of the giant. The there crowd really popped hard for it, even though it was a heel. Like, they were kind of, oh! Giant's crispy choke slams. Yeah. Very nice. I think Kurosawa was good fun here. Oh, yeah! Yeah, we had Kurosawa. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Kurosawa it's like an eternity of an episode. Kurosawa was great. So, I think if we... Yeah, maybe we bottle him. And we just go, we're going to protect you from now on. You are our boy. That's We're going to look out for him. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to take care of Kurosawa. <laughs> we'll put him in a bottle. Keep him safe until next week. And then week. he can go back and be Manabu Nakanishi. <laughs> and he can go and take on the world. <laughs> back next week for another one of these. The classic Smackdown review is on Saturday. And a Desert Island Graps featuring AC Romero from Impact is in your podcast feed tomorrow. You lucky devil. And until Ooh. we're back together, what are you working on this week? Secret stuff. Secret things. Yeah. He's working on secret projects. He is at Lester Find on Twitter. You can find him on Twitch on a Thursday night. At 6 p.m., but I don't think I am this week because uh, Crown Jewel. Oh, yeah! 
Yes, Crown so, Jewel. Yes. How exciting. That's, that'll be uh, uh, an ethical nightmare. But until then, he's at tw- <laughs> Let's Defined on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. We run out of time. Don't forget to join Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 